Hi folks and uh, welcome to Liberty Online this morning. Happy Easter. Uh, trust that uh, you are enjoying your day and we are ready to celebrate uh, the risen Savior. I want to give you an update of what will begin to happen next Sunday, April the 11th, to our online versions. We will be moving all of our online video to YouTube, to the YouTube channel for Liberty Grace. And that will begin live at 9.45 on Sunday mornings from now on. So you can watch live at 9.45. We're going to stream it right to YouTube. There will be a link posted on the Facebook page as well to link you over to the YouTube. So if you're used to finding it through Facebook, that's great. You can link it right over. Just be prepared that that's going to be a live feed from here on Sunday morning from our first service starting next week. And we're going to try that out for a few weeks and, and hopefully that will take some of the burden off of our tech and other things that, that we can begin to just have you here with us at that 945 hour. Look forward to seeing you then. Uh, you can go right to YouTube or link it from Facebook, and then uh, you can enjoy watching the service with us. Thanks for your patience with us through all of this, and I hope that uh, you enjoy the rest of these announcements. Happy Easter, everyone. Thanks for joining us and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus with us this morning couple quick announcements for you. Beginning in two weeks, April 18th, we'll be starting a new sermon series entitled Connect. We'll be talking about connecting with our God, connecting with our family, and connecting with our mission. So join us with that. Help get reconnected after a year of just being spread out everywhere. So that's going to be awesome. A couple other things that are coming up. Mark your calendars for May 21st. That's our camp work day at Camp Manawagon. So May 21st for that. Also, Camp Manawagon summer camp registration is now open. There are weeks for children and teens. You can find more information by picking up a brochure like this at the church or go to campmanawagon.com to find more information there. Have a great rest of your Easter Sunday. Well, we have uh, been walking through the last few weeks, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. The idea, remember, that we're on this hike together, that, that life as we know it continues to go in these circles where we have pain and suffering and we we work through it together, we persevere together, we walk hand in hand with our Savior through those long nights of perseverance. It develops our character and we become better for having gone through some painful experiences, be able to see our world better. And it brings us to a place where we have reinvigorated hope. And, and what better way to celebrate hope than to understand specifically the hope of our world? In a year where hope that, that was false, things that we had our hope in that, that were going to let us down, in a year that, that a lot of that has happened, it's hopefully refocused us back to the one true hope of the world. And that is Jesus Christ, Him crucified and Him risen 
thousands of years ago for our behalf to secure our eternity and to give us hope and a future. Romans 5, 1 through 6 says it this way. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who he has given to us. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. We have that hope to know that even in our weakest state, even in the the most wretched place that you have been, Christ died for you, for the ungodly. He laid down his life for us and then three days later brought out of that grave New hope, hope over sin, hope over guilt, hope over death. And that is what helps us as we begin to understand how to glory in our sufferings. We know that those sufferings now have a purpose and that purpose, right, is perseverance, character leading back to hope as the destination that we seek today that we hope together in something that will be for eternity and for everyone's good. So as I was preparing, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and this phrase that you see just at the right time. There was a right time when Christ died for the ungodly. That right time isn't always our time, is it? It's the same thing that that we don't quite understand why God had to do it the way he did it and and why he's waiting. But but as I think about it, I think about it in a sports context because that's how I'm wired. And when I think about this, I think about being at a game. And especially this time of year, you're, you're kind of wired into uh, the March Madness stuff. But, but it also could be football or soccer or anything that, that you think about when you think about the sports context. What God did was at the end of the regulation time. So, so at the end of regulation for, for what it was that God was doing in that moment, Christ died just at the right time. And he brought in something that was different. He died at the end of regulation. And we thought, and they thought, game over, right? That's it. Satan thought he had won game over until one fantastic play on Sunday morning leads to overtime. And we're now in that overtime and we're waiting in hoping that we win, right? And the great thing is that we know the end of the story. We know the end of the game. We know that we've already won. He already conquered sin and death. And so our hope as we're in this overtime period together 
is built on something that we know to be true because we know the resurrection and the way and the life is Jesus. And to stay focused on those things. What God delivered in that moment that changed the course of history, that set the game into overtime was unprecedented. It's never been duplicated, right? And it was secured with this gospel that that Paul talks about. And we're going to look at it specifically in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The way that Paul unpacks our faith and the gospel that we believe in today. Verses 1 through 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, brothers and sisters... I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I have received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for us, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. So in a year when false hopes, when when it seemed like things were going to be torn away, the thing that God did at just the right time is what you're standing on. That one true hope that Christ died for your sins, that he was buried, and yet at the end of that, he was risen and took all of the sin and guilt with him. In a year when those counterfeit hopes were destroyed, when things were laid waste, we still have that one true hope, the one that that should unite us as believers in Christ, ones that we should stand firm on, that we should consider of first importance It should renew our spirit with hope that is eternal. Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25 uh, say it this way. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have yet... We wait patiently for it. And so as we are on this destination hike together and and to mix these metaphors, I know it's confusing sometimes. As we stand inside of this overtime period and we're waiting patiently for God to return as he promised, we've already seen what he's done. He was He died, he rose and brought hope into our lives to renew it as eternal. And we can hope for that. We hope for what it is that we are waiting for. Eternity. Our hope is set in the fact that we're waiting patiently for what it is that God is going to do next. According to the scriptures, he died, he was buried, and he was risen. And that changed 
the complexion of our hope. It gives us something that we, we hope for. And the beauty is that we already can read scripture and say we know where he is taking us. We know what it is he is doing in our lives. We know what it is that we stand on that we stand firm in a hope that he has given to us. We take our stand on the one true hope, and that is Jesus. As we go on into Romans, in, into Corinthians chapter 15, we see that it is not a blind faith that we enter in. It's not just that we will believe what Paul wrote here, but we're believing him as an eyewitness to history, to what it is that he did to renew our hope in him eternally. In Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 5 through 8. And that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time. And most of them who are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then to the apostles, and then last of all, he appeared to me also to as one abnormally Born. And he's talking about himself, the writer Paul here, that, that Jesus appeared to him specifically. But, but beyond that, he appears to, to Cephas or Peter. He appears to the 12 disciples. He appeared to, to 500 believers at one time. This is not a faith that, that is based upon what just the words say, but it's an eyewitness account of what God did in this one fantastic moment when, when Satan thought the game was over and the risen Lord comes and says, no, we're just now getting to overtime. We're just now allowing ourselves to be drawn into this game. So, as we push out this metaphor, this illustration today, as we think about what it means to be spectators, as we watch the game unfold, we, we know the ending, but, but we have our hope securely fixed that, that Jesus is going to win. We're waiting to see what it is that he's going to do. We're waiting to see how it is that he reveals himself again to his creation. And we have all of this to look back on that, that after he rose, he didn't, he didn't just disappear and we didn't have to just rely on, on faith, but we saw Peter's, uh, Peter saw Jesus, the 12 disciples saw Jesus, 500 people at one time see this risen Lord that happened inside of a historically documented situation. We have that to, to rest on, to stand firm on, to believe in, to know that, that our hope is secure and we have not been saved simply by the things that we do. It's not been, been by our behavioral modifications as we talk about last week. But we have been saved by what God has already done. 
It is as simple as that, that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. That we understand the eyewitness accounts of all of the people throughout history Peter and the 12 and the 500 and then Paul, the writer of this and and his brother James and those apostles that he appeared to have recorded it. And not only that, but they took that belief and that hope to the grave with them as well. They didn't change their story. They didn't recant what it was that they believed. They went to their graves wholeheartedly committed to Jesus. And we get to join them as we enter in this destination hike with them. Those are the ones that we count as the great cloud of witnesses around us. We get to to stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before to tell the world about what hope really should be about that we stand firm in a hope of a one true God, not based on our behaviors, not based on anything we could have done of our own, but based on what God has already done inside of space and time. And there is witnesses crying out from the grave, telling us to stand firm in this one true hope. There is only one true hope. Peter for instance, is denoted here. Peter is one of the eyewitnesses. He's one of the original apostles. He's one of the ones that that was a martyr for his faith. The story is that Peter was actually crucified upside down. Not as a specifically difficult way of torturing him because he believed that he was not worthy to be crucified in the normal fashion because he didn't want to identify with with being like Jesus. He went to his grave believing that Jesus was above him and that that was his hope, that it was secure, that it was right, that God had done all that he could do to secure his eternity. And he just wanted to tell people, even through his death, I can't measure up to Jesus. What Jesus has already done is the one true hope of the world. Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1 tells us a little bit about what his faith was based on, what his hope was secured in. And as I close, I just want to read the words of Peter to you. It's a letter from Peter written about his testimony. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and 
peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And now we live with the great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And though your faith and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. This is a wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with glorious and inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. That's a letter that Peter wrote to believers. That's a letter that Peter wrote to those who were chosen by God to endure trials, to go through suffering, to persevere, to develop their character, and to trust that their hope will not be in vain. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice in a glorious and inexpressible joy. And the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. As you wait out this overtime period, having watched God display a tremendous amount of power and an amazing uh, Joy on the salvation of your soul at Calvary. You wait now for Jesus to come back and complete this time which we're in. Joy is for you as you wait and you press into what it is that God is doing in your life and in the lives of believers around the world as we wait for Jesus to return and unite us to him in one triumphant hope for the world. If you are at home and any of this you're unsure about, reread these passages of Scripture because Paul first outlines the gospel and what you must stand firm in. That Jesus died and he was buried and he was risen. That gospel hasn't changed. That magnificent thing that happened changed the course of human history, changed eternity. 
And if you confess with your heart or you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth today that Jesus Christ is Lord, then your eternity can be changed. And even though you don't see him, you trust him. The reward for your trust, the reward for for having hope in Jesus Christ throughout your life, allowing him to help you through the suffering, through the perseverance and developing your character, the reward for that will be the salvation of your souls. That at one day Jesus will come and take you home to be with him and that hope will be complete. And that is what we celebrate today. Together as believers. I want to pray for you there at home that that your hope would remain true and right. Father, thank you that you have cemented our salvation, our eternity, that that we hope and we trust in you. Even though we have not seen you, we know that what you have done is right and it's the one true hope for the world. Lord, I pray that you would continue to strengthen us in our unbelief. Bring out hope as we need it today to get through the suffering and the perseverance as you develop our character that we would then out of the overflow of the hope that you give us, we would pass it on to others, that we would unite in this and we would change the course of our lives, that we would reunite, that we would ignite a passion in our hearts that would overflow into those around us. Lord, thank you for giving us an opportunity to walk this journey with you that you have included us in what it is that you are doing in our world. And I pray that we would take that rightful place with you, that we would continue to express hope to the world by the way in which we live today. Lord, thank you for the joy and the hope that you give us through your salvation, through your resurrection today. Thank you for your strength. I pray that we would use it in a way that would glorify and honor you. In Jesus' name.